Welcome to Sound Progress, a podcast series which explores Axime's journey to a better tomorrow through collaboration. Here we will explore how collaboration drives change and show how through dialogue with other participants in and around the asset management industry, it is possible to innovate, challenge and overcome obstacles faster and more effectively. In this episode, we will be exploring AXA IM's commitment to advancing gender diversity with its recent announcement on expanding its gender diversity voting policy. From 2021, AXA IM will be holding listed companies in which it invests in to account for their diversity policies. In practical terms, this means AXA IM may use its voting power at a company general meeting as a tool to address any concerns about executive committee diversity or lack of credible plan to effect change. Companies in developed market economies will require 33% female board representation. In developing countries, the requirement for listed companies to have at least one woman on their board of directors has been in place since the start of this year. I am Maram Al-Hindi, and to discuss this further, I'm pleased to welcome today Marie Fromager, ESG analyst, and Irfan Patel, Corporate Governance Analyst. Welcome, Marie and uh, Irfan. Uh, Marie, could you tell us what is your role at uh, AXA IM? Hello, Madam. So I am a Responsible Investment Analyst in charge of doing research and engagement on human capital and diversity. So we publish research on this thematic because we believe, as investors, that these issues are very important, both from a financial and societal perspective. The pieces we publish actually support our engagement activities, which are the second big part of my day-to-day task. Irfan, the same question to you. Could you tell us more about your role at AXA IM? So my role at AXA IM within the Responsible Investment Team is to lead on corporate governance and voting activities for our listed equity holdings. We focus on engaging on some of our key governance thematics, including shareholder rights, executive compensation, and board-related topics, which we're discussing today, and ultimately voting at company general meetings. One of our key focuses at the moment includes how to further integrate environmental and social issues into our voting policy. So um, you do mention uh, engagement. Yeah, sure. So basically, engagement is a discussion with a company in a view to make it improve its policies, processes, and eventually performance. So really, engagement is about creating a positive change and delivering a positive impact. So we hear a lot about such initiatives, but why is this new initiative very important to AXA IM? Yeah, so we um, actually have had a, a gender diversity voting policy already uh, for a couple of years, mm-hmm. but we wanted to strengthen it this year um, through higher requirements in developed economies and also expansion towards emerging countries too. Gender diversity is a key focus for AXA investment managers, be it in its investments, of course, but also in its operations. There are a lot of studies out there uh, that have demonstrated the correlation between you know, diversity on boards and senior management positions and better mm-hmm. financial performance and governance. I think it's quite pragmatic because when you think about it, more diversity means you know, uh, less issues of same group thinking more, you know, confronting the views and more innovation. Of course, we notice that we have had uh, evident efforts uh, in terms of gender diversity over the past decades, but the journey uh, to gender parity uh, will still take time if we don't speed up changes. Mm -hmm. And there is actually a a report that is published every year by the the World Economic Forum, which is called the Global Gender Gap, 
And um, based on the last review of it, we will need almost a, a century before closing uh, the gender gap. So what we wanted to do through this evolution of the gender diversity voting policy was really uh, for us to be able, you know, to, to speed up changes because we don't want to wait so long to, to improve uh, gender parity. For sure. And um, so Irfan, I remember you mentioned voting. So could you tell us more about what does voting really involve and how does it work? Sure. So if we start at the beginning, every listed company is required to hold uh, an annual meeting of its shareholders, presenting information regarding the company's performance, strategy, business decisions taken. And as a shareholder in a company, you would normally have voting rights attached to your shares. So at these meetings, shareholders would be asked to vote on certain business-related items. These may include, for example, the election of auditors, the ratification of executive pay arrangements, or in mm -hmm. the context of today's discussion, the election of board directors. So when we talk about voting, we're really talking about how we as a large responsible shareholder are using our voting rights to drive long-term sustainable performance in the companies that we invest in. The way we use our voting rights derives from what we consider to be good governance practices. In this case, we believe that boards and companies benefit in a lot of the ways which Marie has mentioned by having a diverse viewpoint across skill sets, but also across gender. And this is why we've enhanced our voting policy on the topic of diversity. We use voting as a, a tool alongside engagement to really push companies to accompany us on this journey. As Marie mentioned, we first introduced an initial policy on diversity nearly three years ago. And mm -hmm. over the past couple of years, we've been slowly pushing companies to go further. We see the enhanced policy that we have announced as aspirational, but ultimately doable <laughs> over the long term. So behind the scenes, what are the conversations that you, that companies are having internally about gender diversity? Uh, Marie, perhaps this is something you can tell us more about? Sure. So um, I speak with a lot of companies on gender diversity. And what I realize mm -hmm. is that most of them are keen to discuss the topic and also to hear our views about what are the best practices in the market. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a positive um, that is worth highlighting. No, uh, I don't think there is one common answer to this question, actually, because it's really on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, and it may, you know, depend on the industry and the country, because every sector has its own challenges when it comes to gender diversity. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you also have to add and to understand that uh, you, you, you also have some challenges when it comes to the culture of a country and the demographics. I engage a lot with Japanese companies mm -hmm. and I remember one uh, which was really trying to change the culture about the way employees work and take holidays. And it clearly stated that it wanted to be a company where parents could keep being very productive while having a family. and. You know, it doesn't, it's not perhaps very, very relevant to, to France and other European markets, but for the Japanese market, I think this is a, quite a leading, you know, company that really want to, to improve things. Uh, when it comes to industries too, uh, some industries unfortunately don't have uh, as many women that we want them to have because of um, just, you know, the, the study is not very appealing to women. Mm -hmm. So uh, we are going to see uh, if they are uh, cooperating with universities and also the government to increase the share of girls studying like science and mathematics topics. You know, I have to ask this question with the current environment. So with the COVID-19 virus, has the virus impacted the way companies are approaching these topics? 
if I if I start, when we think about board directors, one of the things we've increasingly pushed companies to do is appoint from a broad list of candidates. Too often we'd see the same director names come up again and again and with various different regulatory requirements on gender diversity. This would often mean the same handful of female directors are holding three, four, five different board seats and company mandates. Now, when the world faces uh, a pandemic, the likes of which it has rarely seen before, uh, and a number of these companies start facing existential threats and crisis, naturally, the amount of hours you have to dedicate to each of your board seats goes up considerably. Uh, And so what we're seeing slowly over time is companies recognizing a need to further diversify their director pool and the skill sets that they have on the board. On my side, I would perhaps just add, and it's not just related to gender diversity, but uh, more broadly to social issues, is that clearly the COVID crisis was a catalyst uh, for social issues, you know, to pick up. But uh, beyond gender diversity, uh, in our day-to-day conversations with companies, we feel like they are much more open to discuss working conditions and uh, health and safety of, of the workers. There have been a lot of discussions and debates as well around, you know, uh, the COVID um impacting more women because more women are actually working in the healthcare and social care uh, industries, which were, you know, the most facing uh, the virus. So uh, I would be following, you know, the, the news on that front. So clearly the dialogue with the companies you invest in is very important to address the issue of gender in a frank and direct way. But what about collaboration within AXA IAM? So I'm delighted to welcome Gilles Guibault, Head of European Equity Strategies at AXA IM Core from LinkedIn to discuss how collaboration between different teams drives the dialogue on gender diversity and really pushes for tangible impact. Welcome, Gilles. So uh, please tell us more about your role at AXA IM. So hi, Maram. So I'm Gilles Guibault, uh, heading the European Equity Strategy at Framington within Core. So at Framington, we are long-term uh, investors. And as long-term investors, uh, we need to understand uh, and to have a 360 uh, view on all companies we invest in. And uh, 360 degree mean also having a clear understanding of uh, ESG topics. And as a portfolio manager, why is this important to you, uh, Gilles? So for, for us, being a long-term investor, it's really important if you consider that uh, ESG in general, but uh, diversity are important because diversity is um, is key. And what we have seen in companies that are more diverse, they can uh, innovate more. And it's not j- just a gender diversity. It's more broadly speaking, uh, diversity allows to have different point of view. And as within my team, I like to have, to have a different point of view. It's important for a company uh, to have uh, this diversity to innovate not only on R&D but also on marketing on the social organization and um, it's really the opportunity to, 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 to be at the forefront of the change and to be always on a, on a leading position uh, if you are not diverse you tend to, to become lazy you tend to, be, to, to stay on your, on your position so for, for us having a specialist such as Marie is really, is really key so understanding and uh, and uh, digging uh, into companies is a lot of work. So uh, we used to have for many years just financial analysis based on uh, with a sector approach. 
And we were not dedicating so much time to ESG uh, topics. So even if we were interesting uh, at this topic, uh, we were not specialists. And having the opportunity to rely on specialists such as Marie is really great. Uh, we can really go deeper in, in those topics and we can uh, become sharper and sharper. And it's really important uh, when you want to have a, a long-term approach because these topics are really are, are really key uh, if you want to create value over time. So Marie, uh, tell us what engagement with companies actually involves. When we discuss with a company, it's really to understand um, their willingness to change things and, you know, how far are they on the diversity journey. So it can be, you know, um, getting them to disclose more data uh, or also understand the context. And I think discussions in that sense are very interesting and valuable on both sides, because even when we got the data, uh, which might be reported uh, in their annual reports, Sometimes, you know, we don't have uh, all the context that would be very helpful to understand why they are, you know, for instance, here and not where we want them to be. Um, so every time I speak with a company, it really um, allows me to enrich my analysis. Mm -hmm. And based on the discussion, um, I often suggest several, you know, points uh, we would like them to, to improve. So it can be, for example, you know, setting gender diversity targets at the board setting targets um, for better representation of women at managerial positions, developing um, supportive HR policies and so on. And uh, we are going to monitor these progresses. Um, we don't want them and we don't expect them. Uh, we would like them to happen overnight, but we understand it's not that easy. So we are going to, um, to keep, you know, engaging on a regular basis with these companies to monitor improvements. And we also uh, engage on gender diversity in coalition with other investors, which is also, you know, another way we do engagement at AXIM. It's more powerful, I would say, because of course, you know, the company will, will be more keen to hear from us and our suggestions. But perhaps one of the, the risks is that our message also can get diluted sometimes. So we, ad we tend to adopt a uh, boss approach uh, just on our own, AXIM, and also in, in collaboration with, with other investors. And how do you both work together on both sides on a regular basis on gender diversity as an engagement topic? So when Gilles and other portfolio managers want me to investigate uh, more in-depth a, a case, uh, they reach out to me and then, you know, I conduct the, the analysis and then I, I do the proper engagement with the company. But also, and more generally, you know, every time I, I'm meeting with a company, I, I draw and share uh, an engagement report uh, to Gilles and the others where they can see really what was, you know, um, what were the questions I asked, what was the, the, the improvements uh, during the conversation, and also, you know, the, the engagement recommendations uh, I made to the companies in the end. So it's also a forum for, for Gilles to let me know if he wants me also to, to add a specific angle to this discussion. So on top of, the, uh, of this discussion, we have also two uh, annual corporate governance meetings in which we can discuss all of, of our main findings Uh, during this uh, during the year, and we can discuss or uh, also voting policy uh, with your fan. So, does it impact um, investment considerations in any way? Yes, because when we invest for three five years in a company, we want to be sure that the company we are investing in will be able to keep its leadership, or will be able to. Uh, to get the leadership. So for us, it's part of our decision. 
Financials are an obvious uh, things, but everyone can get uh, get access to the financial, and then you become just a quantitative. And that could be great, but we definitely believe that over the long run, if you want to to be uh, to create value, the difference is made by this, uh, let's say, unquantitative, so qualitative element. So from an investor's perspective, diversity being important and material to investors, what are their expectations? So clearly, yes, gender diversity is becoming a hot topic for investors, um, not only at AXIM. We saw uh, recently many more gender-related funds being launched, uh, as well as many more investor statements. So I think what are investors' expectations is first uh, getting more disclosure around gender-related data so that we can be, you know, uh, we are able to uh, to understand the current, you know, trajectory and performance of a company and be able to compare uh, it uh, with, its, with its peers. So, you know, we, women constitute uh, 50% of the workforce. Companies that don't disclose or are lagging behind peers when it comes, you know, to diversity uh, statements, policies and processes and performance, uh, they won't be able, you know, to attract uh, this talent pool, uh, which can be very key for some industries where we need innovation more, much more than in any others. And in terms of the trends, have you observed a, a change, more demand, less demand since March this year? So I wouldn't say, to be honest, that I observed a more demand since uh, the start of the COVID crisis in Europe when it comes to gender diversity. I think the topic is going to gain momentum in the, in the months and years to come. It might also, you know, be driven by, by the, the tragic events we saw in the U.S. in early, late uh, spring. Uh, but it's not just about gender diversity. I think diversity overall is going to gain momentum. Yeah, and if I may, uh, what, what what we can say is often crises are a good occasion to to change, and this crisis has been uh, the typical occasion where people are has realized that something has to change. And where we were seeing already a trend for ESG fund with COVID, maybe what we have seen it's a, a massive acceleration for all ESG related topics in general. And as a global business, Gilles, what's the difference between developed and emerging markets on this issue? As often, uh, developed markets I may be uh, slightly uh, ahead of the curve uh, because uh, they were, let's say, more advanced and uh, uh, some emerging markets were just starting their development. But what we can see already, it's they are catching up pretty quickly because they realize that it's also for them an opportunity uh, to catch up. And as we ha- may have seen in other industries, uh, where we have seen some uh, leapfrog, uh, even here, at some point, we, co- we could see some uh, leapfrog uh, on those topics. So, still to be seen, but uh, uh, I think it could happen. Um, what message would you give a company who's looking uh, to improve their diversity? And I want to hear uh, everyone's input on this. Perhaps we can start with you, Gilles. My, my comment would be maybe don't be shy, just try. You will not regret. Marie? So uh, I might be a bit longer than Gilles. I would say my key advice uh, would be to clearly make sure uh, companies embark men in the journey because to me, uh, we clearly won't be able to advance gender equality and parity if men are not convinced that this will benefit everyone and not, you know, just women. And this is my, my main, you know, takeaways and recommendation because too many times I feel like the communication around gender parity is not sending the right signal. 
And if you want to create a, a change of mindset, you really need to convince and onboard everyone, you know, rather than imposing something that, uh, that is not very well understood yet. Irfan, um, what message would you give a company who is looking to improve their diversity? I think one thing I would add is that we recognize that it might take a bit of time, as Marie said, for companies to fulfill their ambitions and aspirations around diversity. What we're really looking for is to see tangible progress in the right direction and not just uh, empty words or gestures made by the company. And in doing so, we're very keen to accompany these companies on the journey that they're undertaking. Now, you spoke about tangible change, and I'm going to be a bit pushy here, but how is AXA IM itself doing with gender representation on boards? Can it live up to this policy? Our parent company, AXA, as a, a listed entity, does comply with our policy on diversity. Uh, at AXA IM, although we are an unlisted company, we recognize there is still much more to be done, and gender diversity is a key focus internally for us. We recently extended the number of senior managers who have a performance objective relating to gender diversity, and we have a clear set of principles for the hiring of senior roles, including gender balanced panels and open advertising. We're also involved in several external organizations dedicated to promoting equality, including, for example, the Investment Association's Diversity Project. Gender diversity for us is not the only facet of diversity we're, we're committed to improving. We're, we also have uh, measures in place to support other vital topics such as ethnicity, LGBT+, mental health and well-being, uh, as well as working families. Thank you, Marie. Thank you, Gilles. Thank you, Irfan. Um, today, we've heard about AXA IM's approach to gender diversity and affecting real-world change in businesses around the world. If you enjoyed this episode, please do listen to previous Sound Progress episodes by visiting the AXA IM Progress section of axa-im.com. Goodbye.